Hello, hello. You are listening to Moving Into Light, and I'm Lisa Renee. I'm so grateful to have you joining in and joining me on this journey called life. And what a journey it is right now. We are in Charleston in the fifth week of quarantine in self-isolation and practicing social distancing and all of these things. And we've kind of hit a routine. And if you're logging on and you're listening to this podcast, I hope the same is true for you. I hope you have found a routine and kind of hit your stride in this crazy time. Two things are helping me right now, and I thought I'd share those. One is to remind myself this truly is temporary. We aren't going to be in this state forever, obviously. And the other thing is that um, I am living in history. My grandchildren, my grandchildren's children, and so on, will all hear about this time in history. And I have come to really refer to this time of quarantine as the Great Pause. And I know people are referring to it as that and using that terminology, and I really am embracing the term and the terminology of the Great Pause, because I think that's what we're here for. I think that's what we are in the middle of this for. It's a pause. And probably many of us, I know for me, I have been using this time to recalibrate, to reconfigure. I talked last week on the the podcast with my son, Stefan, who was really working through the idea of having his last college semester kind of upended. And we we talked about the idea of of what it means for him and and the perception of the world of 20-somethings and all those. If you haven't listened to that uh, that podcast, jump back to last week and give that one a listen. But I wanted to log on today and talk to you about the idea of joy and bliss. Um, A few years ago, I did a project called Bliss 365, and I spent an entire year searching for something each day that brought me bliss made me feel joyful in my heart, in my soul, in my body. Um, And interestingly, I have felt myself returning to that in this time of quarantine. I'm looking for things that feel good, physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, what feels good, what brings me joy, what makes me experience bliss. And one of the things I realized a few years ago in that Bliss 365 project was that sometimes it's the smallest thing that can really bring us joy. And sometimes when you're having a hard day, it's, it's more difficult to find joy or see the bliss, the moment that brings you that profound sense of peace. Um, so we're all searching for it. We're all looking for it. And I wanted to share with you today, um, a few mornings ago, I woke up, I was in that kind of twilight state of not opening my eyes yet, but knowing I was in bed and knowing the house was quiet still. And initially I thought I was dreaming. I was conversing with a friend who I hadn't spoken to in probably two or three years, not a close friend, probably more of an acquaintance. Um, But he had been sick and I had really had a lot of admiration for him. And he and I met... um, now it's probably been seven or eight years ago 
he was definitely on a spiritual path, as was I, and we had a lot in common. There was a lot of commonality with our viewpoints. He was much older than me, and he actually reminded me a lot of my paternal grandfather, but with a very kind, calm, spiritual sense about him. Anyway, as I came more and more, became more and more awake that morning, I realized, oh, I'm actually having this conversation. Are you, are you actually on the other side? And he said, yes. How do you think we're having this conversation? And then I fully woke up and jolted awake and I immediately moved on with my day. And then mid-morning I came back to it and I thought, wait, that wasn't a dream. I was having a conversation and I went back and I went on Facebook and I pulled up his page and sure enough, he had passed away about a year and a half ago. And I connected with him again later in the day and realized, yes, he had some, some very definite concrete things that he wanted to share with me, um, some, some life philosophies and some things about what's going on on the planet now. And I was really grateful for the message. And so it was a really interesting experience. And I will probably reconnect with him again on the other side because I feel like there's more that he has to share. But what I'm getting at is I woke up this morning again in that kind of twilight state and I was almost laughing because I was having this experience and it was definitely a dream experience. I wasn't conversing with someone on the other side. I was having this dream experience that was very, very um, comical. It was very out there. It was crazy. If my mind could go into the realm of really creating something hilarious just to uplift my spirits, this would be it. Like there was no reality to this except for the, the key players here were actual friends of mine, college friends of mine. And um, I woke processing this dream and trying to make mental notes because I know that what goes on in our dream minds is really our way of bringing something in our everyday reality to the forefront. So for me, looking at this dream and what was going on, and it really was comical, what was what was I to get from this? And then a memory was triggered. And so I'm going to share the memory with you, not the dream, because the dream was not reality-based and the people in it are real people and real characters in my life. Um, but I'm going to share the moment that it triggered because I think this was part of what I was supposed to get. Um, my senior year of high school was also my freshman year of college because I only had a few classes in high school to take and I was approved for a kind of gifted and talented um, share experience with the college. And so um, I got 12 hours each semester free of college credit. So I was basically doing my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college simultaneously. And I was living in two worlds. When I was in high school, I was in the very structured home world of being told what to do and these are the rules and this is how it is. But I was also in the world of college where I was, I was experiencing classes and coursework and instructors and parties. And, and I was really into different time frames of my life. And I have been known throughout my life for jumping ahead, for getting to something before it's actually time for me to get to it, for living in the future, all of those things. So this, this was that same kind of time I was experiencing high school and college at the same time. And one of the music majors was someone that I had met 
a few years earlier um, at a high school cast party in another county. And when I met him, we kind of linked arms and became best buddies. Not a romantic relationship by any means, but best buddies because we knew each other previous to college. And this was the memory that my crazy dream triggered. Um, the college music department was hosting a get-together at the local pool. And it was kind of, um, you know... It was fall, it was September, and it was fall, and I remember thinking, sure, I want to go, but I was a little bit nervous because being an introvert, stepping out into a world of people I didn't know made me feel a little uncomfortable, but this guy um, said, hey, go with me, I'll pick you up, we'll go together. Cool. And when we got there, he said, let's run, hop on my back. Now, I'm just a little over five feet tall. He was a big, burly guy, probably still is. And he said, hop on my back and I'll carry you. And I did that and he took off running. And in that moment of running, I could smell the chlorine from the pool. I could smell the burning leaves. I could smell the charcoal in the fire pit. And it was so freeing. And I felt so much joy and so much freedom in that moment as he ran through the park with me on his back. And I was just laughing. And it was the deep kind of deep belly laugh that kids do a lot and adults do a lot less. And this dream this morning brought me to that moment of complete joy, of freedom. I wasn't worried about my home life. I wasn't worried about my college life. I wasn't worried about how I fit in or where or if I fit in. I was just experiencing joy of being with a person, a friend that I trusted, of experiencing the, the outdoors, the charcoal pit, the chlorine from the pool, the crunchy leaves, the cut grass, all of it all in one. And I still to this day remember what I was wearing. I remember what I felt. And it brought me back to a moment of joy. And I'm sharing this with you today. And I, I you know, it's Monday morning and I'm recording this podcast quickly and early because I don't want to forget this sense of joy that I experienced in this moment, this is what I want for all of you. I want you to look at these moments of joy and take a mental snapshot so you don't forget what it feels like. So I was not the happy, joyful, cheery kid. I was a very serious little kid. That's my memory of being young. Um, I contemplated everything. I thought things through. Um, I lived in a household where there was great expectation. And there was not a lot of freedom for growth. Because this is what your life needed to look like. Yes, you will attend church. Yes, you'll have a faith. Yes, you'll do well in school. Yes, you will take care of you know, uh, or take part in a lot of extracurricular activities. Yes, you'll make a name for yourself. And it felt really heavy. And it also felt like I didn't have joy. And part of this lack of joy in my childhood grew, grew from the fact that I grew up in a household that had domestic violence in it. And I don't talk a lot about it now because why? Why go backwards and why go into the pain of things that you've really kind of put to rest? 
But it is important to share that I was a serious kid. And given that there was domestic violence in my house, and I was a very sensitive human being, I could feel the energy in my household switch, like someone switched a light switch, flipped on a light. Um, And I recall what that felt like. And what that does to a kid is it puts a kid on edge, and it you know, puts them in that fight or flight mode because they never know when something's going to erupt. And I grew up that way with that, um, that be, sense of being on guard or protecting myself or protecting my mother or protecting my brother. That on guardness, that's a trauma. And when we talk about trauma, it's deep seated and it carries with us as we grow into our teen years and as we grow into our, our adulthood. And if we don't efface it and if we don't address it, you know, our body will physically get ill because we're going to carry stuff that isn't really ours to carry, but it's part of our, part of what we have to face. It's part of our journey. And so I look at my domestic violence childhood and I, come to now as an adult the realization that this was part of my journey but what it did is suck a lot of the joy out of being a kid for me um i will share i i have a few moments from childhood that were joy-filled and i don't have many um but i was probably eight or nine and my mother adored Christmas, still does, loved gift giving, loved gift shopping to the point of over shopping and still does if she can afford to. Um, But she was always so very excited for Christmas morning because she put so much time and energy into showing us that this was how she loved us through this Christmas shopping. And it was probably the Christmas of 78 or 79. And it was a rare moment in my home where my parents were happy and they were getting along. I remember what I got for Christmas that year. Um, And I remember that that Christmas Eve, my brother was already in bed and I had gotten up, which is not a surprise. Um, My mom will tell the tales that I never stayed in my bed. Um, But the two of them were having drinks by the Christmas tree in our downstairs family room. I lived in St. Louis at the time. And I was awake with them, and it was just the three of us. And there was a moment of joy and a moment of peace. And I remember what they were both wearing. I remember being in my pajamas with this red and yellow and blue afghan. And I remember asking to open presents, and my mom kept saying, sure, you can open one more. And I opened presents, and the two of them had drinks in their hand. I remember the sound of the ice in their cups. I remember our dog nearby, candles lit. I remember it like it was yesterday. And it's one of the moments of joy from my childhood because there was peace in my home. Not to say that, you know, a childhood like that is um, normal. But for me, it was a an unusual moment. It wasn't the normal. So for me, it was an unusual moment looking back, Um, so much so that into my late teen years, I met my first husband, and he had the bluest of blue eyes that brought me so much joy, and it took me a while to realize the why, because my dad, our Italian lineage, he has very dark eyes and dark hair, 
But when the anger would come to him and cross his face, his eyes would turn black. And I knew that black look in his eyes. And that was an intense, um, undealt with, passionate anger. And we knew, I knew he was going to erupt. And it was kind of a sign to take cover because I could feel that energy shift when I saw those eyes go black. But the point I'm trying to make is it followed me. These little things followed me for so long. So when I met my first husband, his joy and his laugh would start in his eyes. And then it would spread to his face and then it would spread to his mouth. And then I would see the smile. But eyes are the soul's outlet. If you look into someone's eyes, sometimes you can see right into their soul. And that smile on my first husband's face brought me joy. Looking into his eyes and watching him smile with his eyes brought me joy. It was joyful. And I have have the, the beautiful pleasure of having all three of my sons have those same eyes that just light up when they experience joy and they can give joy. They smile with their eyes. And I love that. Um, and it's interesting when we look and think about joy, isn't it? You know, I, um, I've gotten good at finding the moments of joy. And now I find myself sitting back and taking note. When my two and a half year old toddler laughs, it's pure joy. It's just bliss because it comes from so deep within him. And I woke up from this dream today and I thought, why was I dreaming this crazy dream? And I immediately was transported to this moment in high school and college, that quasi year. And I remember running down that hill, him running and me on his back and just laughing and feeling so joyful. And I felt the need to share this all with you today because I know that some of you out there are in situations where you are locked up with a partner and there may be some domestic violence and you are struggling to find the joy. You may be a teenager witnessing things in your life right now, in your household, that aren't bringing you joy. And so I am here today on this podcast to remind you That if you are seeking joy, you're going to find joy. If you are looking for sadness, you're going to find sadness. What we are looking for is what what we see in front of us. What we are thinking about right now is what we are going to create in our tomorrow. Because right now is what we created previously by our thoughts. And it's really important. Joy is just so important because joy ranks up there with love they're good positive emotions laughter builds and boosts the immune system so we need that joy we need the joy we need the bliss i would encourage you to start today as you're listening to this to start a list start a running list hang it on your refrigerator put it in your journal do it on your phone in your calendar Um, somewhere, start remembering, writing down the moments you are experiencing joy. Why? Because when you have a hard moment, you're experiencing something tough. You can look at those moments, that list of joyful moments, 
And guess what? Your mind does not know if you're experiencing it or if you're remembering it because it's all the same. The same is true with the hard things. If you're thinking about the hard things, it's like your body's experiencing the hard things all over again. And it's, it's better to be looking at those joyful moments. So make a list, create it, start it, start a joy list. I did it with Bliss 365 and I took pictures of things that made me feel bliss and experience joy for 365 days. And it was a great project because what can I do now? I can look at those pictures and I can look at that hashtag and I can think, wow, that was a lot of joy. That was a lot of bliss. And it makes me feel good. And when we are feeling good, we are smiling, we feel light, our energy field can clear, we can take a deep breath, our heart rate slows, our immune system boosts. It's good for us to feel good. So I hope for all of you listening that you can stop for a moment and feel joy and experience joy and remember joy and project joy because that's why we are here. Granted, we are learning some life lessons that we are never going to forget. We're learning life lessons that we're going to share with our kids and our children. But we can do it with joy in our hearts. I am absolutely positive. So joy is a big one. And I'm, I'm coming back to the idea of joy. And I wanted to share it with you because I feel like the more we share emotions and feelings and the more we can set those things out, outside of ourselves, the more we're sharing, the more people don't feel alone, the more people feel like they're part of a community. We can feel supported. When I know someone else is experiencing what I'm experiencing, I know that they're feeling supported. Like experiences equals support, equals community. So what's your takeaway from this today? I don't know. (laughs) I just felt really compelled to talk about joy today. And I guess maybe the takeaway for you can be to start a joy journal. To start promising yourself that you are going to, if you're getting on social media, the first thing you're going to share each time of each day is something that brings you joy. And let's start using the hashtag joy365 because joy is part of it. And I think I'm going to start that on Instagram, posting a picture of joy with the hashtag joy365 every day because joy is where it's at. I didn't have a lot of joy in my childhood. I had moments of joy. And I have... I feel like I have a a file bank in my head where I can pull those few memories out that bring me joy. And as an adult, I'm having even more moments of joy now. And you know the difference? I'm searching them out. I'm actively participating in searching for joy. So I guess for you, the takeaway is to use the hashtag joy365. Take a picture of what brings you joy, hashtag joy365, and tag me. Show me the next few weeks as we're getting through this quarantine time and we're experiencing this great pause. What is bringing you joy? I would love to see it. 
If you're interested in working more with me, you know where to find me, www.lisa-renee, L-I-S-A hyphen R-E-N-E-E. And today, my blessing for you is a joy-filled moment. And I hope it's I hope it's your truth today that you experience joy, you feel joy, you spread joy, and you share it. Have a beautiful day, and we will talk soon. Thanks for listening.